from the creators of Wagertainment. We bring you none of the hot take BS. We bring you best. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Yes, indeed it is You Better You Bet. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here with us on the BetQL Network. Every game here, Game 7, no hot take BS on this show. We bring you the bets, and we bring you the sports. If you're looking for four hours on, hey, should we ban court storming? Take your ass elsewhere. We're going to talk about the yeah. actual games that are going to be played on the court, the field, ban, the pitch, whatever. We're going to ban talking about banning it. We're going to ban talking just, about banning it. That's what we're I mean, so I, I just, I have sports on TV just every day, like a, a lot of people do, right? In the home office, wherever, wherever you work, it's, it's literally, it's all anyone wants to talk about today is should we ban court storming and college basketball? To which I say. Who cares? Like, like we got yeah. games going on, man. Let's talk about some games, some sports, you know, things that are actually fun. Unlike, should we ban court storming in, in college sports? Anyway, to each his and her own. N- not on this show. Uh, we're coming to you live today from all the usual spots. The Odyssey app, the BetQL app. We'll be simulcast by our friends over at Stadium from 4 to 6 Eastern. YouTube.com backslash Odyssey Sports. Twitch.tv backslash BetQL. And we're heard on radio stations nationwide, including... Sirius 160 and XM205. Ken and I here, we're bringing you the wagertainment. Talking all things sports betting. Proudly presented today and always by the king of sportsbooks, the great people at BetMGM. Download that app and visit that website, the BetMGM app and BetMGM.com. And do so on a magnificent Monday. Uh, Three weeks from today, by the way, we will have our brackets for the NCAA tournament. And that will be a magnificent basketball Monday. Three words that start with M. We look forward to that. But today, February 26th in the year of our Lord, 2024, the show on Twitter at You Better You Bet. I'm on Twitter and the gram at the Costos. And Ken Barkley, your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, on X, now and always, at, it's crazy life, at Lockie Lockerson. And on this magnificent Monday, we'll bring you two tremendous guests. Our pal Matt Moore from the Buckets Podcast and the Action Network will stop by to talk about a very busy weekend in the National Basketball Association, spinning things forward to this week. Always love to have our friend Matt Moore on the show. And the whale capper Drew Densick will join us, as he does on most magnificent Mondays. A little NFL with whale capper, a little NBA with our friend the whale capper. All of a sudden, Lou Bag is in my head, a little mambo number five. Plus, Ken and I will recap the betting week and that was in the NBA, the National Hockey League, and college hoops. There is so much to do, so much to talk about, including most valuable player in the association. The NFL scouting combine set to start coming up in Indianapolis, and we've got all the latest rumors coming out of the National Football League as it relates to Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears, Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr., and more at the NFL Scouting Combine, and how this could impact the way we bet on the top 10 and more in the upcoming NFL Draft in April, as it feels like the NFL offseason is kind of like already over. There are two weeks, and now we're back. Now there's tons of news. Uh, I think we'll get to that in a second, too, with Adam Schefter with a flurry of tweets before we came on the air today and power out. 
hour, final hour, all our bets for tonight across the sports. I'll have at least one bet in the different sports tonight, NHL, NBA, and college hoops. We'll find out what Ken Barkley likes as we'll try and have a robust Monday night betting card. We're locked and loaded here on a Monday. Ken Barkley, hope the weekend was great. How's it going? Good. We had we had a lot of topics earmarked for the first uh, hour or two of this show, like a really busy weekend. There's like a lot of really interesting stuff going on, uh, especially in the NBA, I think. And then it's like the NFL felt like it was left out a little bit. The NFL was like, well, wait, talk about talk about me. <laughs> it's like we okay, don't do NFL. enough of that. Okay, NFL, we won't we only do that every day. All right, what do you got this time, NFL? And I got the same like push notifications, I think that where I was like, the hell's going on right now? Like I'm up like I'm watching TV upstairs, getting ready for the show, like having like a little bit of lunch. I was like, what why why is every running back on my timeline right now like being talked about and what they're gonna do this coming year? So usually in these situations, uh I kind of like yield to you in terms of like making this make sense for me. And then I'll kind of listen to what you say and be like, okay, should, does that make me want to bet anything? Because I don't, the, the like in the weeds analysis of this, the contracts and, and team management and all this stuff, this is not my area of expertise. This is all you. Uh, so like, I, I mean, if you can run through so, some of the things that you thought were interesting that came out uh, about an hour or so ago. And, uh, and if there's anything we really need to talk about here. Yeah, I think there's, I don't know if there's going to be anything that's going to prompt, like, we need to place a bet right now, right now. Right, no win totals. But I, I think, right. yeah, but I think it kind of set the stage for bets like we might want to make coming up in the uh, in, in, in the months to follow here. So I'll quickly run through, there's five pieces of news. None of it's especially surprising, but now it's kind of out there, right? It's all things that we kind of expected. And what I think this ultimately means, and you don't have to be like an uh, an NFL super fan or genius to figure this out, is that the NFL continues to devalue the running back position, a- as it should. Like, Giants made a mistake last year of franchising Saquon Barkley. Raiders made a mistake franchising Josh Jacobs, and I think these teams are looking to rectify these errors. So, for people that haven't seen this news, um, or like, or like you know, maybe by the time the podcast sits, maybe you still haven't seen it. Uh, Josh Jacobs, not going to be franchise tagged by the Raiders. The Raiders will try and work out a long-term deal with Josh Jacobs. What does this mean? Josh Jacobs won't be back on the Raiders next year. The Giants are not going to tag Saquon Barkley or not expected to tag Saquon Barkley again. Going to try and work out a long-term deal with him. Translation, Saquon Barkley will be playing elsewhere next season. The LA Chargers, under new leadership, right, with Jim Harbaugh as the head coach, are going to let Austin Eckler test free agency. Translation, Austin Eckler will be playing somewhere next year. Not with the LA Chargers. Derrick Henry won't be franchise tagged by the Tennessee Titans. Also, following Tennessee's Week 18 win that knocked the Jaguars out of the playoffs, Derrick Henry took the microphone and said goodbye to the fans in Tennessee. He won't be back with the Tennessee Titans. No. And the final piece of news here. Yeah, I know. Like We couldn't tell that, right? Wow, Tennessee is not going to franchise a guy that literally told the fans he's out. In, in, in January, like a month ago this happened, more than a month ago this happened. What a shock. So Derrick Henry will be playing elsewhere. And finally, Tony Pollard won't be franchise tagged by the Dallas Cowboys. I guess when you average like 2.8 yards per carry for an entire season, like you're not going to get paid $12 million yeah. a year. Like what a surprise, right? So so those are the headlines here. Now it's just, okay, all of these guys will have employment next year. They're all, you know, at least average running backs or above average or like very good to excellent running backs in the National Football League, and now it's just trying to figure out, you know, where where are they going to sign? I think there are three teams that kind of stand out to me, Ken, as teams that we will hashtag teams to watch 
as we approach free agency. One would be the Los Angeles Chargers. They hire Greg Roman as their offensive coordinator, right? Who wants to run the football. We know that's what Jim Harbaugh wants to do. Greg Roman is on record last week saying, could you imagine Justin Herbert with a great running game to support him? And everyone that saw that quote thought, could you imagine Justin Herbert with like a great passing game or a great defense or a competent coaching staff? How great would that be? Uh, I think Saquon Barkley makes sense as a Charger, but he also could make sense as a Houston Texan. I think the Chargers will be a team that spends at the running back position, would be my guess, and probably also draft a running back. We know what Jim Harbaugh wants to do, obviously, right, as an NFL head coach. The other team would be the Baltimore Ravens, right, who obviously struggled to run the ball at points this season once J.K. Dobbins goes down and Keaton Mitchell goes down. Like, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, like, these guys are not going to get the job done next season. Maybe it's Derrick Henry. There were rumors that the Ravens would try to trade for Derrick Henry, right, prior to the trade deadline, and then the Titans put the kibosh on that. The Ravens, I think, are a team that will be really interesting in the running back market. And if Tony Pollard does play elsewhere next season, I think Dallas is a team. Like, like Derrick Henry to Dallas, Josh Jacobs to Dallas, I think I think makes a ton of sense. As, like, a true thunder and lightning pairing, maybe with, like, the five foot five diminutive second-year running back, Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State. So Dallas, the Ravens, and the Chargers, Ken, would be three teams that I would be watching as landing spots for some of these running backs. I know the Chargers are going to let Eckler walk. I still think that they'll be in play for one of these others. So there, there, yeah. there you go. That the, was the brief great. Nick Costos analysis. Well, this. that's, but that's, I, that's like, that's like why you're you. That's like what you're the best at. Like I saw the tweets too, but that was like a great, anybody listening to that for the last like four minutes, like that was perfect. That's like exactly what I needed to know to try to make decisions. I guess the tough part here is like everybody spends all of their time on social media talking about how running backs aren't worth anything or how they don't like matter a lot in terms of like, you shouldn't spend a lot of money on them and you can always find a guy and all this stuff. So when I hear all of this news, I I mean, from a fantasy standpoint, it's probably really fascinating because like, depending on where guys go, where would you draft them on your fantasy team and how would you order them? But as somebody who doesn't really do any fantasy and just bets, like, I don't know if I heard anything there where I'm like, well, like I wasn't going to play over on the chargers, but if they got, you know, Saquon, would I want to play over? I guess the funny thing with that one is, like, would that actually make the win total higher just because he's kind of, like, a big name, even though, like, it it maybe won't impact the team rating a ton? It'll impact it a little bit, um, especially if, like, you would go in, like, Eckler's not going to be on the team and now Saquon's on the team instead of Josh Kelly or somebody like that. Then that's, like, a pretty big upgrade. But, like, things that make you want to make bets, that's a – that's a the Dallas no – Wherever Eckler goes, no. Like, like Jacob somewhere he goes, no. I guess like the Chargers and like the continuing of this hype train. Or Houston, is or Houston maybe, goes. right? Houston's like if really Houston gets Saquon, yeah. right? Because that offense is going to be electric Ooh. next year. That's, uh, yeah, we haven't had, like, I mean, because it's, because, <laughs> you know, it's like February 26th. Haven't had an in-depth MVP discussion yet, necessarily. We just like, the market opened and we kind of talked about it and we were like, all right, see you later. And yeah, I mean, just worth noting, like there are six AFC quarterbacks that are essentially co-favorites and then like a gap and then Jordan Love and Brock Purdy and some other guys. So like all the AFC guys are in the front and Stroud's one of them. And I'll be, I'll be curious to see like, as these teams make these moves, maybe it's a running back, but maybe it's like, you know, just the draft and free agency and the big picture stuff. Like how do those six get reorganized? Does like, you know, is Mahomes going to like really go off as like five, six to one and there'll be a gap between him and everybody else? Because like, Personally, like I'm kind of like, 
I, I would want to know, obviously, what the, the depth chart on offense was next year. Like, is that is that kind of stat season looming for him? But you go down the list and you can be like, I can make a case for that guy to have a big year. Like Joe Burrow, like, you know, we didn't do the franchise tag stuff, but like T. Higgins gets franchise tagged. But with I have Stroud, a take on being, that at some point, too, on oh, okay. Higgins with Cincinnati. Yeah. But Stroud is one of the, those six AFC quarterbacks. And yeah, if you're going to make their offense like you're going to add Saquon instead of, you know, Devin Singletary and Pierce and some of the other guys, then... Man, like they're just, <laughs> I don't know if they're going to stop anybody, but man, they're going to be like a monster next year in terms of scoring a lot of points. We'll wait for the schedule to come out and everything. So it'll, I'll be curious. The running backs won't like totally affect this MVP market, but you do like, if you're going to bet a guy to win MVP, like you want to believe that there's a huge stat season and the offense has a chance to put up a ton of points. And with some of these guys, like that's what free agency, like honestly, free agency in the draft are going to tell us whether Mahomes is going to have a year like two years ago. Or a year like last year, like which one is it going to be based on kind of like how this is going to look uh, going forward? So I think some of this stuff is even interesting in that way. Um, I have a so maybe I could do like the Higgins stuff a little later in the show. It's not like sure. super pressing. We'll have NFL draft rumors that will hit. Also, I have one big picture NFL note, just something that I was thinking about this weekend. Was thinking about earlier today, um, and, and thinking about in the last like forty minutes, honestly. Um, uh, with the news coming up about Austin Eckler and the Chargers, right? And that is, the more I think about it, the more I am, I, I actually, I want to use the word convinced because I think I'm there. Oh. I'm convinced that the Chargers are going to be an absolute monster this coming season. Oh, with, with like you're an in. Actual, you, you drank oh, the Kool-Aid. You drank it, the um, lightning Kool-Aid. But yeah. I really... And I understand how that goes and how it's gone in the past. I totally get it and how I could be like Lucy, uh, Charlie Brown and Lucy pulls the football away at the end and they charge her again and they go 9-8 and eight or 8-9 eight and nine and then maybe like they reload and they'll be awesome in year two with Jim Harbaugh. I think like the quarterback's so, so good and the roster's not bad. They can, they can like kind of fix this roster, like tweak this roster a little bit. I, I think they're going to win like 11 games next year. They're going to be awesome next year. Now, wow. I don't know if they're going to be better than the Chiefs. They might be a wild card team. They might not even win their own division. That's what happens when you play, you know, in the same division with the Dragon and Red Wary number 15. It's pretty tough, right? I... I, I see almost no way if Herbert stays healthy the entire year that they don't win a ton of games. That the quarterback's too good, the coach is too good, the coach is too smart. And they're going to be awesome next year. I, I feel like, Ken, that this year, my sense is, is that a lot of people will be off the Chargers, even with Harbaugh, because they've been burned so many times. I think sure. this is the year that I am going to be on the Los Angeles Chargers in a big way. Maybe driving the B-squared, the Bolts bandwagon, heading oh. into 2024. Wow. Uh, well, that'll make for exciting show content in the build-up. Harbaugh, the favorite for to win Coach of the Year. Herbert's one of those co-favorites to win MVP, one of those six quarterbacks that's really low-priced to win MVP next year. So the betting markets are are really big. Like, you're big on the Chargers. The betting markets are, are pretty big on the Chargers, too, to win. I mean, they have the favorite and the co-favorite to win two of the most important postseason awards that generally go to teams that won a lot of games. Um, I also... I think I know what we're going to do tomorrow on the show. I just thought of it. Would you like to know what we're going to do tomorrow on the show? This is very exciting. <laughs> yeah, we I, have sure, of course. Why not? I think I think for like two hours on the show tomorrow, we should like in depth think about what every single team's win total is going to be next year. That's so it sounds awesome. About. Great. I can't because I, I was thinking He's... about the Chargers right now, and I go, they have the favorite for Coach of the Year and the co-favorite for MVP. Like, like doesn't it have to start at ten or something? If that's if was... those two things are true, yeah, is it more than probably, that? Right. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't think it should be more than that, but that doesn't mean it won't be more than that because there'll be a bullishness around the coach and the quarter. Like yeah. you just said, the quarterback's really good year in. Um, I don't know. I need, I need to think more about them. They're not a Super Bowl winner for me next year. Two years they are for sure. That was really exciting. Uh, so great content coming up tomorrow on the National Football League. We'll do more yeah. NFL a little later in the show, but on the other side, we'll recap the, the weekend that was. Hashtag from the betting perspective, NHL, college hoops, and a ton of NBA. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Joker at the elbow. He leads the NBA in elbow touches. Boy, what a spin move. You need a GPS to find him. Floater <laughs> off the mark. Jokic with a nice outlet to KCP. Oh. Runs the floor, counted, and one. They switch back. Pocket pass to Jokic. Porter Jr. raises up on the midi. And Jokic tips it home. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. ESPN credit on the call. Uh, you know, Ken, coming out of the All-Star break, you were saying, we were talking about, you know, filling out our bracket in the NBA. Yeah. Who do you think is going to win the NBA championship? And you were saying that you had a decision to make if the Denver Nuggets were going to come out of the All-Star break. They went into the break, losing three consecutive games. If Denver did not kind of pick up its level of play, then maybe you'd have to like pick another team to back, another horse to back uh, for the Larry O'Brien Trophy to win the NBA championship. Well, three three games into the second half of the NBA season, the Nuggets look like secretariat. Three straight wins, all by double digits. And Nikola Jokic, uh, best player in the NBA. Just putting on, you know, maestro-level performances. 32-16-16 and 16 in the win yesterday for the Nuggets over the Golden State Warriors. Uh, we will get into the National Hockey League as we move along. We'll get into college basketball as we move along. Great guests as we move along. But, Ken, let's start here with the Denver Nuggets. And let's start here with most valuable player in the NBA coming out of this weekend in the association where Jokic bit out a little bit. He remains, obviously, a minus choice to win most valuable player, which would be his third NBA MVP award. Jokic minus one. 55. SGA, who's also playing great. The Thunder have won five straight games. SGA had 36 points yesterday in the Thunder's win over the Rockets. SGA is plus 240. Luka and the Mavs lose yesterday to the Indiana Pacers, but Luka has 30-plus points again. Luka is 6-1. to one. Don't look now, but my Milwaukee Bucks starting to dominate. Giannis with 30-plus points at each of Milwaukee's two wins coming out of the break. Friday night on the road in Minnesota. Yesterday against the Philadelphia 76ers. Giannis is 14, and Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics who might like never lose again. Tatum is 33 to 1. So Ken, thoughts here on Jokic, thoughts here on the Denver Nuggets and let's jump into what was a juicy weekend in Pro Hoops. Yeah, I knew yesterday, I looked at the, well we had a great sports weekend too which we didn't really talk about. Like betting was really fun, betting single games was really fun watching a lot of the games on Saturday was really fun. But I mean, I, I looked at you know, you check out like the scores for the next day like oh, like what am I going to want to watch, especially with two kids like how do I want to plan the day and you know, there were there were some really compelling games. You know, ABC had their first NBA doubleheader earlier in the day, where like Bucks Sixers was on at one PM and Suns Lakers was on at three thirty, or Lakers Suns rather was on at three thirty. And so you kind of like try to plan out like what do I want to watch? And I I saw like Nuggets Warriors, and I just go like I'm convinced this game is going to be incredibly compelling for a bunch of reasons, not just because Denver because Jokic is awesome, and just the way the Warriors have been playing recently. They've been on this kind of mini run since Draymond came back, this like extended run. And, uh, you know, offense and defense and rebounding had all been really, really good. And you were like, man, 
Like, I feel like we're going to learn something here about, and Denver had dispatched two atrocious teams out of the all-star break and just absolutely made light work of them. So both teams were going into the game last night with a ton of momentum where both probably felt like they were playing really well and both probably viewed this as a really fun challenge to see where they were at. And so I just, I, you know, in my head, I just circle, I was just like, I don't, if I don't watch anything else, I'm watching that entire game and I think it's going to be awesome. And in a way it delivered really compelling stuff, honestly. And the final score, not particularly compelling, but like Clay, who's now like, if you play 20 more games off the bench, would be a six man of the year candidate, probably scores a ton of points in the first half tie game at half. And there's this moment like I, I don't know if Denver's going to win the title, but like you see some stuff like we saw in the third quarter of that game, man, and what Jokic can do. So we'll do, let's do MVP first. And you read the prices. I think what happened, there were a couple interesting things with most valuable player that happened out into the, in the all-star break that week off. And I, I kind of wondered it. I talked to a lot of other people and it wasn't that we were like, sure, it had to be one thing or another, or we felt a hundred percent confident. This was how it was going to go. I felt like I was a little confused about what, how I thought this would play out. And I feel like I talked to a lot of other people and even like voter, like a couple people, voter, voters who, who were also confused. And I think who were open-minded that someone could change their mind about how this was going to go. So the straw poll that came out a couple of weeks ago was like Jokic, SGA, kind of no one else, like Giannis third, Luka fourth. That seems so set. It seems like, well, that's the only thing it can be. So many votes for Jokic, so many votes for SGA. And I was like, I just don't know how confidently those voters feel like that. How willing are they to have their minds changed if we come out of the break and the Nuggets keep playing how they're playing, which was not great. And for SGA to still do what he's doing, but he's not as big of a name as some of the other guys. And what if like one of the other six MVP candidates who people have kind of talked up a little bit, what if they really compress this thing? What would the voters do? How confident are they that that's the order that they have? And instead of going that way, and so I just didn't know how it would play out. And instead of going that way, it's gone hard the opposite way, where not only is the door not open to other candidates, uh, it's almost been completely shut. And it's been completely shut because your top guys absolutely killed it in like meaningful games that everyone watched when nothing else was going on, which were these first few games out of the All-Star break. So instead of like, you know, like think about it. Let's say Denver kind of like sloppily beats the Wizards and Jokic doesn't play great. And then like they win against Portland, but it's just okay. And then they go into the Warriors game and they lose. And maybe Jokic is like triple-double. But it's like there's a lot of ways that it could have played out the way it played out going into the All-Star break. And I don't know how that would have gone, that discourse. Maybe Jokic and SGA would have been it anyway. But I think it would have gotten weird really fast if that had kept up. But it didn't. Instead, those guys raised their game. Like they, they played much better and the advanced, like kind of all in one metrics maybe won't reflect that because they were first and second anyway, but like the way people are talking about Jokic after last night, much different than the way that they were talking about him going into the all-star break. And I thought I had a friend text me this cause I didn't watch the post game show that bridged the end of Nuggets warriors and brought us into uh, Kings Clippers, which followed it on ESPN. But a, a friend of mine messaged me, he goes, did you see what Michael Wilbon who votes like just said after the game and I go, no, but I can kind of guess like where, where this is going. And basically the paraphrase was something like, you know, all the ballots that I had done that didn't have Jokic in first need to be torn up and thrown out something like that. Because now he's amazing. In first. And it's, and it's, but I think what it speaks to is maybe we were, we were not right, but we were at least like thinking it was possible in the all-star break that these voters we're a little wishy-washy. We're a little, I don't know what I'm going to do. We're a little like, hey, Jokic is the best and SGA is the second best, but eh, what if this happens? And what if the, there was a little of that? And I think that's reflected in almost that comment where now like 
he just drops the hammer in a huge way in a big game and that's the third straight game he's done so and it's like everyone wakes up from that dream and everyone's like nope never mind like i'm i'm you know like now now i'm gonna just follow like traditional you know methodology with this award and so i think what that does is and sga plays great and they, they come back and beat the rockets there's all other interesting things but like i think what it does is the way i would put it is like Jokic caught up to his price like he was always priced a big favorite and i was always like man i don't know if that's right like i don't know if i get the sense that that's right straw poll comes out okay maybe like okay like i there's definitely evidence that we're starting to move in that direction all right but like let's see and maybe i'm bet some no Jokic like can cover all these other guys okay and I think because of these games, now I look at this market and I go, okay, now, like with what everyone's saying, even people who vote, how would I look at this? Uh, yeah, like he needs to be about this price now. And I don't think he ever did need to be this price. And now he does. And SGA probably, you know, like now is solidified as the second choice. And Luca is kind of like a distant third and the team has to play better. And now that I think the market's got it perfect now. And I know that's a really long explanation of like why we are where we are right here, but I really thought this had a chance to get weird. And Jokic said, oh, like, you think it has a chance to get weird? Like, in your face, like, it has a chance to get weird, basically, and played so well that it's just made this all really conventional. I think it, I think this is going to be, like, a boring market down there. We can talk about some ways the market can change. I think this got really boring is actually what happened because the, the favorites became rock-solid, justifiable favorites where the metrics always supported them. And now the discussion and the metrics are married together that these are the best players in this order even. And it doesn't seem like anyone's being shaken from that belief anytime soon. By the way, do you know how in Serbia, how they say in your face? No, but I'm all ears here. Later, suckers. Right. Uh, Nick yeah. and Ten here. You better, you better on Monday. Talking the, yeah. <laughs> talking. Yeah. To, yeah, I mean, I have a thought on just like the Nuggets and the NBA championship. Then we can talk about Denver in regards to the title in a little bit here. But let's do some more on MVP because this obviously leads to the question. Okay, you think Jokic is caught up to his price? So is there a bet to be made? And you had you kind of like you handed it off to me with like a potential, like a great tease for what we're going to talk about now, which is let's talk about how this could potentially get crazy. So let's do right. that here. Like, it, do you, is Jokic worth betting right now in your estimation? And can this get crazy? And if so, how? And why is it if Milwaukee nukes down the stretch, Giannis could win another one? That's just, that's just my thought. That Milwaukee, <laughs> I, I feel like, I, I feel like Milwaukee's going to yeah. kill. I feel like Milwaukee's going to kill everybody down the stretch. Okay. Uh, that's... That's certainly possible. I mean, well, you know who they have tomorrow, right? Do you know who they have tomorrow? One of the hottest uh, teams in the league. Who do they Charlotte have? Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> what's the, you know what's so funny? Like, what's the total in that game? Because, like, the, uh, the, no, the Hornets are like the yet. 85. The Hornets are the 85 Bears on defense right now. Yes. They had 80 points yesterday. They're, uh, they're, they're an oddly compelling team for a team that's won no games. They're an oddly compelling team. Uh, and so are the, like, it's funny, some of the bottom feeder teams, like the Pistons have played better, the Hornets have done way better than that, and the Spurs have Wembenyama. Like, the bottom feeder teams are kind of, like, I'd rather watch those teams than watch the Hawks. Can, like can the I ask Bulls. a crazy question? Yeah. Can I ask you a crazy question? In all seriousness, yeah. like, in, in all seriousness right now, this is not a setup to a joke, from, from, hashtag from the betting perspective, the Charlotte Hornets are like a top like seven team right now in terms of like teams that I'm most looking for. I'm, being, I'm being serious seven? right now. Right. Well, because like, they're, they're, fascin they're fascinating right now. Like, I don't know how long this is going to sure. last for, but for as long as the defense plays like this and they're like scrappy and playing well in games, I, I'll tell you, I, I mean, 
the Bucks are going to be a huge price, and I'll probably lay Milwaukee, but I don't know, maybe Charlotte's competitive in that game, which is neither here nor there. I just wanted to say that about the Charlotte Hornets. Sure. So your your tee up there. It's, well, I mean, like, for example, like Utah's playing Atlanta, the, the Quinn Snyder uh, revenge game. The Quinn Snyder They're, Bowl, Utah, yeah. You, yeah, Utah's playing. It's at Atlanta, so I was going to say it's the homecoming, but it's not. Who's and, Missouri but, playing tomorrow? Can we get Missouri right. there in attendance also? Right, yeah, exactly. I, uh, I'd rather watch Charlotte, like, play an intra-squad scrimmage against themselves than play than watch Utah and Atlanta. Like, that's how more interesting Charlotte is than ever than those two teams. There's just, it's a funny how, and like Wemby is his own thing. And that's what makes them so compelling. Uh, your question about how can this change? Yeah. I mean, I think there's like a couple, uh, a couple issues or a couple of things that'll be interesting in defining the rest of this MVP race. Right. So I think first and foremost now with, I mean, it's just my opinion now with kind of like how I would price it matching the market. And maybe that's because it took me a long time to catch up. But I think the way that those, these candidates have played the last couple of games has really solidified this order uh what can shake it i guess the first thing would be player availability and specifically with Jokic, right so malone and denver they've made a point coming out of the break um you know like we like basically they want to play better shorten the road they've said a bunch of different kind of like cliche things that they want to do but that they've actually done them and they played really well for these three games but that doesn't mean you know if they're in a spot where they can rest some guys or like if it's the end of march and Jokic can sit a couple games or three or four or whatever. He doesn't care about the MVP in that way where he would want to like play every game. This was, this is what happened last year too. Um, would he do that with SGA? I think, you know, they're all in, they, the thunder, I think desperately want to be the one seed. I think this is like, this is just like kind of their opus of a season, this young team that's going to win 58, 59 games. They're going to try to be the one SGA is going to play every night. Dagnall's probably going to win coach of the year. So I think he, you're going to get, like the games from SGA and I mean, Luca like is prone to sit out a little bit more, but I think with Jokic specifically, like, does he play every game? That's going to be important. And he's at a part of his career where like, that's not really the goal to play in every game down the stretch while SGA is, that is one way that the two players could compress a little bit. Um, and then sustainability, like, the Nuggets don't have to play like this. The rest of the, they've almost, it's, you know, they don't have to stop playing like this, but they just, you know, it's it's not as important to them to have this 25 games of excellence like I think it is for the Thunder. I think the Thunder, like, want to accomplish that. That's, like, a big deal for them to do that. So, you know, what are the two things that can happen? Denver can start playing a little worse, and Jokic can start missing games. Like, those are the two obvious things that can happen. And then the third, SGA feels, like, so consistent here. He's not even in the three. He's just going to be really good. The third would be, like, are the Mavs going to be really good or not? And, la yes, last night's game was, like, a really jarring example of how good it can look one game and how bad it can look when a team's just like destroying you on defense and pj washington plays like an f minus minus that they traded for from charlotte like it's just you know like that's it could be one one day and, and the other the next day so what is dallas going to be um that probably defines like we talked about last week whether it's a two-player race or a three-player race at this point and Giannis look like got to keep the door open i don't think it's a high probability outcome but like who kind of a who knows uh, question with it wouldn't bet it, I guess, but uh, but can definitely happen. So, I, you know, just it looks like the order is correct right now. But the way the way Denver can manage the final month of the season could make it a little bit more interesting, could present a betting opportunity. Uh, I thought this market was really, really interesting for like two or three weeks. And now this week, I'm like, I kind of think we're kind of back to uninteresting again. We'll uh, we'll talk about Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics coming up in a little bit here yeah. who just well, can't you know stop winning. With him. The key is with him. It's you know what it is. It's the baskets he doesn't score, Nick. That's why he should oh, win MVP. Yes. It's the points he doesn't. Oh, yes. It's the things you can't. Of see. course, 
That's actually why you should win. Jokic gets the triple double. Jason Tatum gets like the the like the silent, the invisible triple double. The invisible, the invisible three, double. But he passed it to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, but so then Derek White got it instead, and then right, and, exactly. and of course we credit Tatum because that's because that's cause, right, of course because that's how we do things, which is yeah, bizarre. Like we'll, talk, we'll, we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk about Boston coming up in a little bit. I do just want to say about Denver. So Golden State jumps on them in the first quarter last night. It scores like a billion points in the first quarter, and you maybe get the sense watching the game. Okay, like Golden State's going to keep going here, and then Denver just like just decides at some point, hey, we're going to stop playing with our food and just like massacre this team. You could see the bleep eating grin, like the Cheshire Cat grin on Mike Malone's face. Like, we got it, man. We're winning another championship here. We're just better than everybody else. Coming up next, more NBA, and we'll talk hockey and college hoops coming out of the weekend. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Our friend Matt Moore coming up later in the show. Our friend Drew Dinsick coming up later in the show. We'll get back to the National Football League, talk some rumors around the NFL scouting combine and how it'll impact betting on the NFL draft. Uh, National Hockey League still to come, college hoops still to come as well. But we got to keep rolling on the NBA train right now. Talking about the Denver Nuggets going into uh, going into the last break. Denver on a three-game winning streak, turning on the afterburners to leave the Golden State Warriors in the dust last night. Denver's third consecutive win. Denver right now, Ken, the second choice uh, on the odds board at BetMGM to win the NBA title, uh, which would be Denver's second straight. Denver's plus 450 to win the championship. Boston at 45 and 12, winners of eight straight games is the favorite, plus 260. The Clippers, who have kind of like limped out of the All-Star break, I do will say, I do kind of like the new uniforms that they'll have next year when they move into their new arena, but that's a story for another day. Uh, Clippers plus 475. My... Milwaukee Bucks at seven to one, Phoenix at sixteen, the Knicks at twenty, Timberwolves at twenty-two, Thunder also at twenty-two. Uh, Ken, let's talk some NBA championship right now through the uh, the Denver Nuggets lens. Denver looking awesome coming out of the All Star break. Yeah, obviously, uh, one seed last year won the title. Jokic and Denver had like one of the great postseasons, not the best one any teams ever had, but like really like some historic stuff in terms of what they were able to accomplish last year. And you came into this year and looked like, you know, there's what uh, Steve Kerr. I think this was an old Phil Jackson line, like the disease of me. Like after you win, everybody like the, your role players are all like, well, now I want to I want more money and I want to be the second best player. I want to be the best player or whatever. And sometimes that can interfere with a team's chance to win back to back. And with Denver, just like with every champion, you're going to have those questions. Uh, it's hard to repeat in any sport. And uh, we just had it happen in the NFL. I guess I guess just like an interesting Jokic Mahomes cross comparison to do too. Just like the inevitability of these two players in their two sports. But with Denver, like I here's how I would put it: I don't know if they're going to win the title again. But if they do, I would look back at like two games so far, and they're more still to play. As like, hmm, one they went to Boston earlier this year when both teams had no injuries and no fatigue. And you could tell in the first quarter, some games are just different and players will tell you this coaches will tell you, this This is not like my observation. And you watch the first quarter and second quarter of that game. You go, Oh, like they're, we're going to figure out some stuff tonight. (laughs) We're going to figure out what's going on here. Uh, Cause here are the two best teams in the league and they're facing each other. And they're both in into the game, which doesn't happen all the time. And Denver goes to Boston, really tough place to win. You know, Clippers have won there. 
Lakers who rested people, that weirdo game where they didn't play anybody and they won because the Celtics like, slept walk through the game. But like really tough place to win, probably the toughest place to win so far this year. And they went there and they won. And it kind of like exaggerated the things that they did well or emphasized the things they did well and really shined a spotlight on the things the Celtics don't do well, which is like in late game situations, here's here's a coach who you have a couple questions about and a best player who you have a couple questions about in like a clutch late game situation, not over the balance of the season. So that game was like the first time where I remember being like, you know, my, my work in statistics and stuff aside, where I remember being like, okay, like I like definitely can't dismiss this team the entire year probably want to play on them like they that that was i think really interesting game and then just the third quarter honestly of like last night where it's tied and clay is playing great and look they play the warriors phenomenally this is like when you catch uconn on the right game they're gonna look like they're gonna win the title if denver only played golden state you think they're the best team of all time that's how well they match up with golden state but just their ability to just in an eight minute span just completely incinerate everything on the court and just like be like ah, like actually the game's not close actually that's the way it's gonna go Jokic just like absolute mastermind total clinic the five-man lineup and they have the best starting lineup in the NBA and it's you know it's them in Boston but like in the playoffs it's gonna be them because Murray is gonna be like one of these all-time players in the playoffs again and it may not be close as good as Boston is in their five-man starting lineup and you just see it when it clicks like I actually was watching the game by myself and was like talking as the plays were happening so like they're, they're like you know, Jokic for this like eight possession span. It's like wide open three, swish, wide open three, swish, everything. And I'm literally at one point, a three goes in and I just go, holy bleep. I just like say it out loud to nobody. It's like watching the game. <laughs> and it's just like, that's, it's just, uh, it's euphoric. Like it's crazy. So I don't know if they're going to win the title again. They have certainly gotten themselves for me back in that like kind of tier of teams where statistically they make all the sense in the world um they've kind of wiped away some of their red flags and everything and it's now like i'm looking at my stuff right now it's literally like boston and them and then draw a line and everybody else in terms of just team-based uh kind of red flags so they were able to accomplish that in just three games and just especially like the second half of that game and the boston game like again you start to kind of aggregate it and you say like look even if they do play the celtics in the finals which would be an incredible series um if they do that like who who would you bet and why would you bet that? and just you know this there's a Mahomesness to this where you just go like if you're gonna put him against Milwaukee or Boston or the Knicks or Philly it's a little like Chiefs Niners right it's a little a bit little, like that not not apples little, to apples but a little bit like it a little uh, you know uh, all time player on a team that wasn't quite as good in the regular season versus the best team in the regular season by far. I guess Baltimore would have been that also, like the two of those teams together in the NFL would have been better than Kansas City. So there is that element, and this is what we talked about a lot since the Super Bowl, just, look, the regular season matters. Of course it does in all sports. But how much does it matter? And how much are you willing to ignore things that happen in the regular season because of what you've seen before? And kind of like with Mahomes, not that they're the same two players, but look, they're, we're lucky that we're in the company of two all-time greats right now in their primes in these respective sports. That's a cool time to be watching sports. And that's one guy, and he just won the back-to-back, and this is the other guy, and it looks like he's going to win too. So Kansas City did beat Baltimore in the AFC title game, so they knocked off the best team, regular season team in their own conference and then the best regular season team in the other. In the other. Don't worry. Like, 
Denver will get the chance to be like Minnesota or Oklahoma City in the playoffs. I'm pretty confident the Nuggets will be able to accomplish that feat in the postseason. By the way, the game Ken talking about might have been lost for a lot of people in the shuffle of the NFL postseason. January 19th, Nuggets beat the Celtics 102-100 in Boston. Celtics only score 18 fourth quarter points in that game. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a Monday. Uh, talking NBA coming off a wild weekend in the association. A notable weekend in the NBA. Uh, I want to talk about Milwaukee for a second and get your thoughts on what the Bucks have done coming out of the break. Um, I said on Friday, show, Ken, maybe I'm on Moron Island here. Everybody loved the Timberwolves in that game on Friday, Minnesota hosting Milwaukee. We talked about it at the end of the show, and I think you said something you know, really smart, which was Minnesota no way should only be like a four-and-a-half-point favorite in the game based on what these teams had done thus far in the regular season. The Wolves deserve to be a bigger favorite. Maybe Milwaukee's getting too much credit for like the names on the back of the jerseys and kind of like reputation. And I kind of made a bet that I, I and maybe maybe with a for a flimsy reason, which was really like, honestly, like Shaq telling Lillard on the set of Inside the NBA during All-Star Weekend, like it's time for you guys like to cut cut the nonsense. Like, start grabbing these guys by the collars, basically, and get this team to play better. Like, it's unacceptable. Um, And being around NBA players in my line of work, what I've done in my career, I really think stuff like this matters. I'm not saying the Bucs are definitely going to win the title or even win the Eastern Conference. I do think they're going to win the Central Division. Maybe we can talk about that at some point during the show. They're underdogs right now to the Cavs and a game behind Cleveland in the standings here. Just that I, I, I think Milwaukee's ceiling is really, really high. And uh, I, I would take them over Boston in a, in a seven-game playoff series. And maybe I'd be wrong about that and the Celtics would handle them. Ken, any thoughts on Milwaukee? Uh, they beat Minnesota on Friday and on the road and then take care of business against the Philadelphia 76ers uh, yesterday in the early game. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at, so, you know, I do a lot of work on historical criteria, what teams fit, what teams don't based on the the unique, uh, the intricacies of each sport, the things that make your sport unique, like what do champions tend to look like? And we're at a really, you know, we're at a, a late point in the season, right? We only have what, 25 games left, something like that. We're going to know some stuff. We're going to see which teams are trending in a certain direction, who's trending away from that direction. We know, well, I'll say like, I know Boston and Denver are likely to go into the postseason. Boston's going to go in as, like, they're going to make sense no matter. They're going to be the best team in the league. Like, they're going to be an easy case, unless you buy kind of the Tatum best player stuff that I buy into. They're going to be an easy case to make to win the title. Denver, I think, is going to be an easy case, I think. They can still play bad. They can slip a little bit. It can look like how it looked a couple weeks ago. But, like, they're going to – we talk about the bucket for the NFL where, I, you know, what did I have? Like, week four, it was like, I want Kansas City, San Francisco, and Cincinnati. I want Mahomes. I want to get the team that almost beat him in the Super Bowl, but didn't. How prescient that would be. And I want the guy who beat him in the AFC Championship game. And that's all I want. It's all in relation to Mahomes. Um, you know, in the bucket right now, like, I only want Denver. That's all. That's the only team I want. And you could be like, well, maybe you want Boston just because they're such a good team. If there's a team that's going to get into that top tier with how they're playing right now and, like, play it out for 10 games, 15 more games, for a while it kind of looked like Cleveland was maybe going to be that team. And I would never bet the Cavs to win the title. It didn't really make a lot of sense to me at the time. But, like, I have to, you know, I can be wrong. Like, I have to acknowledge how it looks on a sheet of paper. I thought they would be that team. I think we both maybe thought there was a chance the Knicks, with better health, were maybe going to be that kind of team. They could have that stat profile, at least, to rival Boston, be behind them, but, but you know, put up a really big regular season. I kind of hope the Sixers could be that kind of team without Embiid yeah. like, enough. That when he comes back, which looks like people are really optimistic. This might even be like a couple weeks that he comes back. But they are miserable. They need it. 
They need him. him. Yeah. Put, on the, put I mean, on the bat signal for him. They need him back. I just, yeah, God, like I, I just, uh, why is Tobias Harris making like $55 million a year again to do what? Um, just, it's just like the whole thing is, is it's just, it fall, it's fallen apart so fast. Like even, even him coming back, I don't know if the team gets to something that's any good. And would you even like him if he came back? And so you're kind of left with like really two teams, I think that can play their way back up into that first tier. Uh, one would be Phoenix, who we don't really have to talk about right now, but like Beal missing games is becoming like a punchline at this point. But then the other team is Milwaukee, who I think like a, a great 20 games, like a really compelling best in the league kind of finish here, which they're on, on the way to with how they played to start. I'm looking at their pro- like they can get themselves there, like they really can. So like with pricing in the market right now, like Boston a little under three to one, Nuggets four fifty, which they've been forever. Clippers under five to one now. Like you look at Bucks seven at MGM, and you go, like, is that right? Like, is that what I think? Or not even is that right? Is that what I think it's going to be on April 1st? I think Denver is going to be this price on April 1st, and I'm going to bet the crap out of it. But like, I think that's the price that they're going to be on. I don't think I have to bet Denver right now. I don't think that has to happen. You might have to bet Milwaukee right now. You might have to do that. And I know they have to play Boston, and that's what's keeping the price up a little bit. The difference between those two teams might start to become a little less than we think it is. That's like a, just an interesting thing going with, with your bucks right now. And look, like fourth quarter of a huge game i have Giannis, and i have the two best players in the series right you're worried about them fighting with each other that's what you're worried about you're about who actually takes the shot and does the other one get mad about that Uh, honestly lillard's gonna take the shot and Giannis is gonna be happy about it and guess what he's gonna rebound it if it misses Giannis is gonna dunk it (laughs) and guess what he ain't missing it because i just checked my watch and it's the end of hour number one and hour number two coming up on the other side more nba from the weekend nhl college hoops as well We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.